Welcome to the Nutrition-ish Podcast, the place for all things nutrition and mindfulness. We are passionate about guiding you to make peace with food and empower your body and brain. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Hobson. I'm an NTP, Nutritional Therapy Practitioner in San Diego. I work with individuals to assess personal nutritional deficiencies and imbalances by addressing the root cause of any health issue. In my private practice, I focus on women's hormones, gut health, and thyroid dysfunction. Let's meet my co-host. I'm Chelsea Gross, a certified transformational nutrition coach based in Los Angeles. I work one-on-one with women who are ready to break free from dieting, make peace with food, and create a life they love filled with energy, self-love, and freedom from rules and obsession. I'm also the creator of the ebook, Break Free from Disordered Eating. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is intended to be informative and entertaining and should not replace medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. We are so excited you're here. Let's get to the episode. You're listening to episode 75 of the Nutrition-ish podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Allie. I'm doing a solo interview this week with a very special guest. So as you guys have probably noticed, sometimes Chelsea and I do individual interviews and they're really kind of stem from things that either we like personally are interested or maybe things that are going on with us at the time. So right now, um, as most of you know, being a postpartum newly, I guess, newly mom, newly made mom, (laughs) Um, baby's now six months, but I'm kind of, you know, getting back into the swing of things in terms of working out And it's been really interesting to me to figure out like what my body can handle at what times it can handle it. So I started kind of getting back into more of a workout schedule probably about eight weeks after I had my son. And I started with, well, of all things, I started with spin class, which you would think would be like, okay, after having a vaginal birth, that'd be the last place that I would want to start with exercise. But I love spin and it's one of those things that I feel like I can do just at my own pace, but I really like the atmosphere of a group class. So I kind of started with easy classes of spin, just really taking it super, super slow, not doing any type of weights, not doing any type of ab work really. And then as things have progressed and I'm kind of starting to feel a little bit stronger, I've moved now into doing more of interval training, doing Orange Theory a few times a week, and that's kind of what I've found works best for me right now. But even still, getting back into that, just taking like the ab work part of things really, really slowly, because I don't know a ton about it, but I know enough to be careful with the pelvic floor and even something we call diastasis recti, which I don't think... Um, at least to my knowledge, that I experienced during pregnancy or after. However, a lot of moms do where your abs, you know, tend to separate. So you do want to be really careful about jumping back into workouts, especially in your core. So anyways, to wrap that up, that's what I've been kind of researching and being really interested in. And I met a wonderful um, gal, I guess you could say. That's what I call people gals because we're not like women. I mean, we are women, but you wouldn't say like, I met a woman. (laughs) But anyways, I digress. Okay, so I met a lovely gal on Instagram. Her name is Brittany, and she is a personal trainer. And she and I became just friends on Instagram to start, and we both live in San Diego, and she has a son about the same age as Asher. So we actually met up in person in real life and got together and went for a walk down here in Torrey Pines and just kind of became, like, really good contacts. And so she does 
um, and focuses a lot on postpartum fitness and training, exercising, and she and I have a very similar background in terms of amenorrhea, dealing with you know weight gain around pregnancy and all that. So she's going to tell her story. I'm going to ask her a lot of questions, but I wanted to give you a quick little background on Brittany before we jump into the interview. So Brittany, as I said, is a personal trainer based out of San Diego. She um, spent years and years over-exercising, under-fueling, and after losing her fertility because of hypothalamic amenorrhea, she is passionate now about being a different voice in the fitness industry. Her focus is helping women redefine health, stepping back from diet culture and fitness fads, and finding what healthy truly looks like and feels to them. Feels like to them. Britt has since recovered from HA or hypothalamic amenorrhea and enjoys a balanced relationship with food and exercise while taking on her new role as mom to her six month old bundle of joy. For the past seven years, Brittany has worked as a personal trainer and group fitness instructor, teaching TRX, spin, circuit training. She works now here at a premier fitness camp at the La Costa Resort in Carlsbad, California. So after obtaining her CPP certification, which is her postpartum training, her main focus is now working with pre- and postnatal women. She aims to help women find peace and strength through a roller coaster ride of physical changes they will experience from preparing for, during, and after pregnancy. So aside from fitness, Britt loves dark chocolate, salt and straw ice cream, walking on the beach, surfing, exploring all corners of the world with her little family, and soaking up knowledge from books and podcasts. So now that you have a little bit more of a background on Brittany, let's jump right into the interview, and I hope you guys enjoy. I guess I'll just let her kind of jump in and give her um, story. I mean, really, like, tell us, Brittany, about, I don't know, about you, how you got here, how you got to San Diego, maybe, what are you doing now, business, mom life, everything. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Um, I, yeah, funny, a few episodes ago, you were talking about your story, kind of your history with exercise and not the whole time I was like nodding my head I was like uh-huh uh-huh mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes the, the universe did bring us together and I have a six-month-old son so I think they're just about a month apart yeah um it's funny I feel like I have seen you a lot more we've just been on one walk but I guess Instagram just <laughs> gives you that I feel like you're in my home every day yeah <laughs> um, or in my headphones on when I walk <laughs> um so yeah, I have been in San, uh, San Diego for about two years now. Before that, I was in Washington, and we did a year in Europe, and then um, originally from Salt Lake City. Um, so kind of been bouncing around, mostly for my husband's job, and then I've kind of just done my fitness thing wherever we've gone. Um, so I'm a personal trainer, and I teach group classes as well. Um, most recently, going through my own postpartum experience, I um, did my certified certified in pre and postnatal training. So that's kind of my most recent passion um, that I'm kind of channeling my my time and energy to the time and energy that you have after <laughs> caring for a baby. Um, but yeah, my, and what I really focus on is um, my recovery from hypothalamic amenorrhea and then going into um, pregnancy and now postpartum. So um, that's kind of what my training business is focused on now. Um, I, like you, have always been into fitness. Um, 
I think when I was listening to that podcast, you said that like in junior high or high school, you, you were going to the gym regularly. That was totally me. Okay, <laughs> like, I'm not the only one. Running after school, going to the gym in the morning. Like what, what teenager does that? I don't know. But I always loved it. I played soccer and dance and I was the crazy one on the team that like loved conditioning days. Like, yes, we got to run stairs and <laughs> all that stuff. So um, definitely started early on. Um, I just, I just loved it. I loved sweating. I loved the endorphins and, um, it came a slight, became a slight addiction, um, looking back now. Um, so I don't really think much of it. Um, I'm just going to dive into all this right now. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. Um, just going for it. Um, so at the time didn't think much of it. Like I never, my period was never super regular. Um, and then like doctors were when I got physicals, they were always like, well, you're active. Like it's totally normal. Like when down the road, we'll deal with it. Kind of that sort of attitude. So it's like, oh, not a big deal. Um, and then when I studied exercise sports science in college and at the university of Utah and loved it, loved all my classes, um, worked side by side with, um, other trainers, did some, um, internships at different, um, personal training gyms and, just loved it got real that's probably when I got really into fitness a little bit more kind of like playing with body composition and or focusing on losing body fat and um kind of trying to fit that into that mold of personal trainer like what a trainer's supposed to look like whatever that is but that was kind of my mindset was to be successful in the the fitness industry um you have to look a certain way and be a certain certain aesthetic um so I got more into it then and um got on birth control and had a normal period during that time but it wasn't really a period because I it was just synthetic through the the birth control but anytime you have a situation like that most doctors will just give you birth control and it's just it totally masks it rather than fixing the root of the problem. So um, didn't really think much about it then, got more into fitness, got to like 10, I don't know, pretty low body fat. Um, but just, I loved what I was doing. I loved, I, I was looking back now, I'm like, I don't know how I sustained it, but I would teach thin in the morning and then I'd do my own workout that was like an hour and a half long and then I'd go teach a TRX class and then I'd bike home and, then I, and during all this I was um, kind of following more of a low carb eating um, diet so I was I don't think I was um, ever fully into an eating disorder like I always had a pretty healthy relationship with food but it was not enough. So I, it was very calculated where depending on how much I worked out that day it was kind of determined how much I would eat or how many carbs, carbs I would eat, that sort of thing. So, um, in my head, I didn't think much of it, but now in hindsight, I totally see what, um, what the issue was. So, um, then I went off birth control because me and my husband wanted to start a family and I did not have, um, it, my period never came back. It was just MIA for two years and I didn't think much of it. I was, 
um, the doctors, like I wasn't, they didn't tell me I was too low body fat. They didn't um, say that was an issue. They just, I, they did all these tests like progesterone. Um, they kind of, they categorized me in PCOS, but all the other things that went along with PCOS just didn't really, I didn't feel like it was the right diagnosis. So um, two years of just kind of knowing, well, not knowing what to do. Um, then I started kind of taking the fertility thing more serious and I saw an acupuncturist who specialized in fertility, but I wasn't changing anything in my lifestyle. I was still, um, still doing my thing, <laughs> same, same crazy schedule. Um, and then I, um, started doing all these supplements, everything in the category of fertility I was trying. Um, none of it worked. Um, and then a friend of mine published a blog post and it was titled, um, fitness made me infertile. And I think actually my sister sent it to me, um, which she told me later, she's like, I was so nervous cause I didn't want to offend you or anything, but I just thought you would benefit from it. So reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally me. Um, so basically hypothalamic amenorrhea, for those of you who don't know, is um, your period going missing due to um, overstress, your body producing, um, it's in a constant state of producing cortisol and that takes away from the um, sex hormones being produced in a, in a balanced way. So you're, it's either from um, low, under fueling, over exercising, or just life stress can, can cause it as well. And it's not going to affect everyone the same because um, kind of depending on your, your hormone sensitivity. Um, that's what threw me off is because I would watch all these other um, trainers or um, people that I admired in the fitness world who were training for triathlons while they were getting pregnant and doing all this um, extreme fitness stuff and they were just fine. So I was like, that can't be it. Like I'm not, I'm not as extreme as them. And so why would it affect me that way? But, um, my, my hormones are just a little more sensitive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I read her, her blog post and totally, I knew, I knew that was it. Um, so she recommended this book, no period now what? And, um, I can link this in the show notes for you, but um, it's an awesome book just about um, recovering from hypothalamic amenorrhea. It goes into the details of what it is, how to recover, um, and then kind of afterwards how to keep your fertility. So um, that was super helpful. And so I, at that point, I was very anxious to get pregnant. So I just kind of dove right into recovery and um, eight, 2,500 plus calories and did not work out other than yoga and walking, which was so hard. Like, I don't know if <laughs> it's when I tell people that they're like, Oh, you didn't work out and you gotta eat whatever you want. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> I'm like, well, and that's like your whole life and just having to adjust to body changes. And it was really hard, but looking back now, we can go to that later, but it was like the best thing for me. But anyways, in three months, I got my period back and um, gained about 25 pounds-ish, but 
I mean, everyone's recovery is a little bit different. That's what it took for me. Um, and I think mostly since I was on kind of the fast track, I don't know if I would have gained that weight if I would have taken it slower and maintained work, working out or not eating as much. But for me, that the timing was was what I was hoping for. And um, so I recovered. And well, I say recovered. It's kind of a continual thing with the mindset thing, just accepting your body changing, you know, with, with pregnancy and postpartum, it's kind of a constant thing coming to, to terms and peace with all of that. Um, but so three, three months into recovery, I got my period back. Um, and then six months from then I got pregnant, ovulated on my own and, um, and yeah, pregnancy went great. Um, and then yeah, so now I'm kind of navigating how, what life looks like while I'm still breastfeeding. So I haven't got my period back, but kind of getting back to fitness and a balanced way of eating with getting my period back after I stopped breastfeeding and all that. So I'm kind of figuring that out, but, um, yeah. <laughs> That's like literally, I mean, we're just, there's so many similarities. And when you're talking, I'm literally like, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the only difference, which I feel like adds a whole other layer for you, which must be even harder is just, as you said, like that was your job, that is your lifestyle. And so like, for me, I was kind of doing all those things too, but like, it wasn't nutrition started to be my main focus, but having to have kind of like this quote unquote, like body type for being a fitness professional is like a whole other layer. So how did you, like, what was your, I guess you kind of talked about, you know, eating more, working out a lot less, like, how did you kind of handle the mindset of like, okay, what are people, or did that even cross your mind? Like, what are people thinking I'm doing? Were you outward and saying like, okay, here's what I'm doing? Because I feel like for me, kind of when I talked about it, I was like taking the guesswork out of maybe what like they were thinking. So like, I would plant the seed in their head to be like, you know, I am really trying to gain weight because I'm trying to get my cycle back. And it wasn't like, I, I had this fear of like, what are people thinking? Like, what are they assuming I'm doing? So if I said what I was doing, then they wouldn't be like, well, maybe she's just like, I don't know. Like, I hate the word, like letting yourself go, but that's like things that came into my head of like, what do people, what is other people's perception of me when I'm on this journey on my own? And technically you don't really have to say anything to anybody. You're just doing your own thing for your own reasons. But how did you navigate all that? Totally. That was probably the hardest part of it because I was showing up and training people every day and teaching classes. And like my biggest fear was getting in front of people every week and I know I'd gain weight and yeah the my my mindset was what are they thinking of me they're gonna think letting letting myself go like that was totally the dialogue I was playing in my head like it was really hard um and I think that one thing that well several things got me through it but letting my story out on my blog was huge just because I put it out there and I was overwhelmed with how many women commented that they had been through the same thing or just the like overwhelming like empathy that I got from people. And I think it's so much more common than we think that I think people try to, especially women try to like hide, hide the fact that they're, trying to fit into this this mold but it's not necessarily the healthiest state for their body but 
um, because we've been told so much that like that's what healthy looks like is this like the cover of health magazines that are just like super lean and and ripped and um doing some sort of diet um there's just so much noise out there like that that it's it's hard to go away from that and not feel like you're you're doing something wrong <laughs> so um it was it was constantly reminding myself that um, this is, this is what I need to do. Like, this is what my body needs. My body needs this fat. I, I actually wrote, um, little sticky notes on my mirror that said, um, this, this fat is medicine for your body right now. Um, this is like just reminding myself of the overall goal to be fertile again and to, um, and that not like people didn't care as much as I did or I thought that they did, which I learned along the way. Um, if anything, I feel like I gained better relationships with my clients and the people I was teaching because it kind of um, brought me down, not down to their level, but down, like more relatable and more approachable and more like just more real I think people appreciate that when when you're rather than having this quote-unquote like perfect trainer body it's like that's not that's not healthy or attainable for the majority of people so um I think that was a huge lesson I learned is that I was able to connect with people a lot more um with gaining weight um, and not being so obsessed with a certain number or low body fat. Um, yeah, I feel like that's true with even like nutrition too. It's kind of like sometimes when I share with people or like people assume that I eat really, really well a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, especially right now, as you know, with a, a five, my, so my son is 20, I think 27 weeks today. So yeah, just a little over five months. So they're super close in age, basically that's the same. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, there's just like a lot of times when that's, you know, we, I do the best I can, but I'm not, you know, at home, like meal prepping for the week and like eating sweet potatoes and kale and bone broth for every meal. Like that's just not realistic. <laughs> I wish that it was, but you know, sometimes it's like, I mean, my husband was like, I feel like we went on a mini vacation this weekend. I was like, why? What do you mean? He's like, we ate out like I don't know, almost every meal. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're picking healthier choices, but like, it's just, yeah. no one is, is perfect. And yeah. I think when you have that experience, like you did, we're like, look, I'm a human too. And I'm listening to my body and this is what my body needs. It is more, you know, kind of relatable. And I feel like you gain people's trust by sharing with them that, Hey, you know, and perfect is not a healthy way to live either because there's just so many mental things that can kind of come from that <laughs> that are not on a good path of trying yeah. to stay one thing and being so black and white. Totally. No, the, the mental state of it all is like, I don't think striving for perfection is healthy for anyone. So balance is yeah. what I have learned. Totally. <laughs> there were so many aha moments along the way, just like, um, and it's when I say like I've come to peace with my body like that didn't happen overnight at all it's like I look at it as um, your relationship with your body is like any other relationship it takes work and time 
and um and experiences together like that's what builds a good relationship and um i think yeah like along the way i also so i work at um premier fitness camp pfc it's just in in carlsbad and we have all sorts of different people come in and um trying to change their life for the better as far as health goes um and I I got that job when I was kind of at the peak of my weight gain and like the depth of my self-confidence um so just getting that job was kind of a, a lesson to me of I don't have to look a certain way or be a certain fitness level to be able to um coach people in the the health world like um so so that was um definitely a a confidence boost and then just being there with people that were coming in with this lady she had ms and she couldn't even use part of her body and i was over there like moping about like a few extra pounds on my body and it was like a huge wake-up moment to me like what do I have to complain about? Like I have a healthy body. It functions well. I have all my limbs, like just stuff like that. It totally put it in perspective. Like the things we worry about, like a little bit of body fat or like a little bit of something to pinch on your love handles. Like it's, it's not worth the energy and stress we put on it. So, um, yeah, that was, that was something that helped me along the way too. just other inspiring people. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It does really, when you have those experiences, you're like, Whoa, it's so crazy to think that I was so in one headspace and now I'm so in another headspace and to be like, wow, I can't believe that that's how I operate a day to day. Or those are the things that went through my head. And then having mm -hmm. that kind of like reality check when you are working with other people that are, you know, really struggling with something. But I mean, it's, I think too, it's important to not necessarily be like, wow, I can't believe that I'm so, you know, like selfish or ignorant. It's like, no, like what you're going through is real. And for you, when you were in that space was so real, regardless of what other people are, are dealing with, it's always kind of like your own situation. And it seems like the worst and the hardest thing when it's happening to you. Like, I remember I took a nutrition course, like when I was in school, when I was in taking the course, there was another friend of mine who had kind of already recovered from HA and I was still like very much in the thick of it. And I mean, the main thing that she said that she did was, yeah, she stopped like working out like crazy. And that was really kind of like all she needed to do. But that for me was like, it was so, I couldn't even like comprehend that, you know, I was like, how do you just want me to like change my entire life? Um, so like, yeah, when you're in it, it's kind of like the biggest deal. And I think, yeah, once you, I was the same way, it's like, once I got into my head about this isn't about me anymore, like this is about my body and it's almost like think of it as an outer body experience or it's like this is for something for a reason. This is about me and my family. You know, my husband is like 50% of the equation and he wants kids and how, how selfish should I be to be like, no, my physique is more important. Like when I started to think about it like that, that's kind of what really clicked for me and thinking too, when I started learning about the body, I was like, okay, so if this process isn't happening and this cycle is going in overdrive, like what is it doing to other parts of my body you know like the lack of period is just one part of it but there's so many other different things you know with that what I kind of learned with now you know I don't not to say that this like happened because of it but dealing with a whole thyroid like that's a whole other 
you know, hormone and organ and gland that now I have to deal with too. And I think it was like, yes, genetics. And that was always there. But like, did I bring that to the surface because of the stress I placed on my body? I'll never know the answer, but I've always like, think about that and be like, well, maybe, (laughs) you know, so like, it's important to remember too, like there's so many other things that can start to like dysregulate and derail. But when I was looking at my friend and that's all she had to do, I remember being just like, so jealous to be like, oh, how are you already there? Like, I'm so envious that you like already put in the time and now you're just like, fine, you know? And the other thing too, that I kind of struggle with, I'm curious is when I did start to kind of eat more and I didn't really have to eat a ton. Like for me, I didn't have to, I had never really counted calories. So I don't know like what I was eating comparatively, but Mm -hmm. I just mainly stopped working out as much and didn't worry about what I was eating. I just kind of tried to eat like probably what a normal person (laughs) would eat and not be so like, you know, you're having a bar for breakfast and, you know, just being so more restrictive. But Mm -hmm. I had a lot of gut issues that happened kind of because of that, because my body just really wasn't used to like, it was always used to burning calories. And when Mm -hmm. I told it to not really burn calories, I feel like that's when kind of like some of the digestive stuff happened with me. And I've had, I've heard that and had that with several clients too, just being like, okay, if I am kind of trying to switch things a little bit or even coming off the pill, I know that that can be a common side effect is like extreme bloating or just digestive issues, constipation, diarrhea, and whatever direction. But because of the hormone fluctuations that can happen, did that play a part in any, anything for you? Um, luckily I didn't have too many of those side effects. I feel like the biggest thing was it was so hard to eat. Like I kind of had to reach, I was, I had trained myself to go for so long without fueling enough that I like, I feel like I was kind of in this constant state of hunger, but I like learned to live with it. So that was like kind of my norm. Um, But like training myself to eat and like sit with that feeling of really being full I feel like that was real and not being able to burn it off like I normally would like if I I was eating in a way that normally the next day I'd be like okay I can go for a long run or go to spin class whatever and like burn it off and I'll be good um but not having that option I really had to sit with it like I'm eating in a way that I I can't go and burn it off and I'm just going to sit with it and be okay with that. Like that was Mm -hmm. the hardest thing. And I did feel like pretty sluggish at first, just like, just like heavy and just not, uh, I feel like my energy went down, but after a while, I feel like my body became, it kind of relearned how to utilize that fuel in the right way. Like it became better at, at utilizing what I was giving it because I was giving it what it needed. Um, but another thing was, I think the, the eating part, the most beneficial for me was just letting go of all rules at first and just kind of like, whatever I'm feeling, I'm going to eat, which I had never done in my life. And, and I've always like enjoyed healthy food. I've never been one to like, go on a diet and off a diet and like, oh, I wish I could eat that Twinkie or whatever. Like I've always enjoyed like salads and vegetables and my mom was really good at cooking healthy as growing up and we didn't really have a lot of junk food in the house. Um, but I feel like letting go of all rules and like 
I had like ice cream every night and just like all these things are like granola that I'd like never, I hadn't allowed myself to have for so long that after like a couple weeks of it, I like my sweet tooth went away. Like I did not want it. Whereas when I was more restrictive, I would always, I always crave sweets and like always kind of try to find ways to like make a healthy sweet treat or that sort of thing. But when I just kind of like let down all those rules, I, my body was, I was like so much more in tune with my body that it didn't, it didn't want that stuff. Like it had enough and it was telling me like, okay, we're good. Like, I don't feel like ice cream right now. And it was like, wow, like, okay. Like I was, I felt more in tune with my body than I ever had just because I was listening to it. I honored it and I wasn't restricting it from anything if it wanted it. And it was actually telling me that it wanted, like I craved salads. I still craved good, healthy foods, but there was no like rules around it. It was just my body wanting what it needed. (laughs) Yeah. Which for for me, I think like how much is that, like the nutrients and the things like you're, we're getting enough calories and yeah, your body was saying like, okay, I've had what I need. Um, And then how much of it too is like the mental game of like, just play just like letting go of that restriction your body doesn't like go crazy in all these other directions too so it's interesting to see like how much of it is I mean and it's I think both for me and for it sounds like for you too is like the mental part was one part and then getting your body enough nutrients is the other part so it's like we can strive so hard to do and restrict and be all these things and eat well. But then also I think the biggest fear that I always had was if I don't eat this way, I'm just going to completely like my body is just going to like go crazy or like I'm going to gain so much weight so quickly and I'm going to feel terrible and all these things. Yeah. And while, yeah, it, it kind of was like an adjustment, like that didn't happen. And I'm learning that now too which I guess my question for you, because I think we both kind of like my experience was, yeah, like a very fast track of, I kind of started like once I let go and was like, okay, I'm going to allow myself just to like gain weight and not have to like be a certain number. And once I did that, I was kind of like, okay, so I don't really know like what my body is supposed to be like right now. Like, I don't know what weight I'm supposed to be necessarily Mm -hmm. because I gained, um, and I kind of had written all this stuff down, but like I, you know, had gained, I think about 12 pounds or so to get my period back. And then another, gosh, I don't know, like five or six or something to get pregnant. And then throughout pregnancy, I gained about 25 pounds. So, I mean, truly, like I know where I was underweight, but then I started gaining weight and then I got pregnant and then I put on more. So like now I really don't know what my body is supposed to be. So it's in a, in a way it's a good thing because I don't really have like a number even in my head that I'm like, Oh, that'd be nice if I got there or, you know, like, I don't really know. It's just kind of, I'm letting it do its thing and I'm just watching the scale and I never weigh myself, but I'm, I'm, it's more so like, I'm curious, like scientifically and like the way that I'm treating my body, like, Oh, that's interesting how that does that, you know, like, so where are you with kind of like how you're dealing with like what weight your body wants to be? Cause it sounds like too, maybe you're still figuring that out. Like what is your healthy? And I feel like it's been very freeing being going through what I did now postpartum. I feel like if I didn't go through what I did to get pregnant, I would have been kind of 
more of a mess postpartum. <laughs> like I would have been, I probably would have jumped back into exercise too quickly. I probably would have overdone it. I probably would have done some, some damage <laughs> long-term. So, um, which I definitely want to talk about that. So I'll ask you after that, the whole postpartum stuff, we're going to yeah, get to that yeah, too. <laughs> um, so finding that I've kind of been the same with you. I've just kind of let my body do its thing. And I've been out of curiosity, like, what will my body do? Like, I haven't been focusing on losing the baby weight or ever, whatever, because I've, I mean, I had to overshoot, I think my body's comfort zone to get my, um, to get my period back. And then pregnancy, I gained like, I don't know, like 40 pounds or something. And then that like all came off really quickly. And I was really surprised because you can't help but be a little nervous during it. Like, I think every woman goes through that during pregnancy. It's like, will my body ever be the same? I don't think our body's supposed to ever be the same again, but so yeah, it's, I've been surprised. I think the combination of breastfeeding and just, I've been, I feel like I've been eating more than I did during pregnancy. Like, I don't know about you, but my breastfeeding appetite has been <laughs> more than it ever was in pregnancy. So I've just been honoring that and I've had a decent amount of exercise and I feel like my body's kind of found a good comfortable zone, which is less than I had to less than the weight that I had to get to, to get my period back, but it's kind of scaled back to not as, um, not the weight that I was when I had HA, but it's kind of in that middle ground where I, I feel good. I feel comfortable and, um, I feel healthy. I feel like I have energy. And so it's been kind of cool to watch that just my body level out at a place where it feels good. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I feel that's exactly kind of how I feel. It's been gratifying and kind of like, okay, if you just let go and your body will figure it out. I mean, I know that's not the case for everybody, so I don't want to say that too much, but I mean, I know a lot of people can struggle with, you know, getting back to whatever weight that they think that they should be. But I feel like that's the thing is like, there isn't getting back to it because you have to think like, this is just like a completely new season of your life. And so maybe you aren't back to what you started out at and that's okay because your body clearly needs it. Like it's doing it for a reason. And like you said, with breastfeeding too, it really does concern me sometimes when people are so focused on getting back to whatever weight that they want to be at yet, they're still trying to, you know, nourish a baby and your, your body just needs that extra love a little bit, <laughs> you know, too. So like, it's okay if you're not back to that, but I have been really surprised to see that. Yeah. I'm back to kind of where I feel like in a healthy way, you know, that's where like my body should really be at, you know, it wasn't, yeah, obviously back to where I was when I had HA either, but it's that middle ground and it's, you know, probably right where I was like right before I got pregnant. And that's kind of where I feel like it should stay. So I'm just kind of like seeing what it does, if it goes down, if it goes up. But the one thing I am trying to be a little cautious of is I just started working out again, more so, I don't say aggressively, but like I started out very, very slow. So this is when I am really curious to know about your expertise and your training when it comes to this kind of stuff. Cause I don't really know too much about what to do, what not to do. I just have been kind of like, well, I, well, I know what not to do for the most part because I've done that <laughs> and that didn't work out so great. Nice but yeah. <laughs> um, 
but with getting back into working out, I'm like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm not going to get down to too low of a weight again, where I'm going to run into all these issues again, where my milk supply stops, all of that. So I'm curious to know what you recommend. How long should postpartum moms wait to start working out? And then what is the best thing that they should start with? Yeah. So I feel like this is an area where there is such a lack of information. Like even me, like with my training background and schooling, like going into pregnancy, I kind of like, I didn't know what to do. Like I, um, I was kind of nervous about the whole thing. And that's why I decided to do the pre and postnatal training while I was going through it. So like, I would love to learn this myself and I would love to help other women have a, have a good experience. Um, and so in the U S all we get is a six month checkup. And then it's like, you're good to go. Like get back to six life. Weeks. Yeah. Six weeks. Sorry. Six okay. weeks. And I was like, I did mine way too early. <laughs> six weeks sorry yes six weeks and then you're just like they don't really check a whole lot and they're like are you still bleeding how's the baby and that's kind of it so did your doctor like check anything like do like a physical like exam in any way or like she I ended up having a c-section so she's checked my scar and it was good and then just kind of asked if I had any questions and like yeah Okay. That was kind of it. And so like for a vaginal birth too, like, I mean, I don't know, I've heard different things, but like my doctor who I really respect and I think is amazing. Like I was assuming he would go in there and like, I had one, a one degree tear. So I had a few stitches, but I was assuming he would like look at them or just like feel around in there and be like, yep, everything feels good. And I actually was like, Hey, so I just feel still more like I don't want to say the word puffy, I guess, but just like, you know, like my stomach feels, and it still does now, like it's definitely yeah. more extended mm-hmm. than it used to be. And I think that's just yeah. kind of like the new normal, <laughs> but I was like, is this okay? I just want to make sure like my uterus is like back down to whatever size it's supposed to be. He's like, oh yeah, uterus is back down. And I was like, okay, that's actually not the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. Like basically it was just like, are you bleeding still? I was like, no. He's like, okay, you're good to go do whatever you want. And I was like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So on that note, I would highly recommend to anyone to see a pelvic floor therapist. That's like the best thing I did postpartum. And I wish I would have done it, gone and seen her during my pregnancy. Um, I had a friend that went during her pregnancy and she was able to like check her um, like pressure in different positions to see like what her best position for pushing would be for birth and her birth went very well mine did not go so well I just I spent I had like a 30 hour plus labor and ended in a c-section and I think part of that was due to again my overtraining and tightness in my core and pelvic floor kind of worked against me um but anyways that's that's I didn't know that was a thing that you could do yeah, so you can go during your pregnancy and they can they can work with you and let you know your um like where your body what what positions your body's like most efficient at pushing. Yeah, who wouldn't want that? I mean I know, I know amazing, right? So you're telling me I can push better and more efficiently? Yes, please. <laughs> no. So like what cuz mine like during my birth um 
his I was pushing for like two hours and his head just would not it was kind of trying to squeeze out and was not happening so and then the doctor was kind of telling me that my sacrum was kind of tilted in a way that it was harder for his head to get up and out of so I feel like if I would have had some knowledge beforehand of what my pelvic floor anatomy was and my hips and all that I think I would have been totally could have benefited from that um but if you are postpartum now and you didn't go through your pregnancy one during your pregnancy go now I would as soon as you're as soon as you can I would say um and I've had two appointments so far and then I have another one in August and it's been awesome she's like checked um she actually fills around up there and like can tell you if you're tight or if because I don't know about you but going into pregnancy I feel like everyone just talks about how everything's loose after and you have to tighten it up and do kegels and you're going to pee all the time but like it's more common to have the opposite problem where you're overly tight after because your muscles kind of rebound um and especially with a c-section you have the, the healing of the scar and all that muscle and tissue down there and you're it heals but it heals in a way that like there's been trauma down there so our muscles over heal almost like um, and those muscles work like in response to um, pain or trauma they they tighten up like it's like your eye muscles like if you throw something at your eyeball you're gonna close up and tighten it's kind of that idea they they automatically do that so um train really working on um learning to relax those muscles and going through a full kegel of opening and lowering your pelvic floor and then in um exhaling and lifting and contracting rather than just the lift and contract and hold um so that's kind of the pre um like during your pregnancy that kind of prep work and then afterwards yes sorry i got off on a tangent you asked getting back into exercise so the six-week appointment um i think up until that six weeks you should just be resting and starting to do some breath work for your core so like getting into your deep trend your transverse abdominal muscle your deep intrinsic core muscle that works as a corset around your core um learning to exhale and tighten that up um so starting at the innermost muscles and then eventually working your way out to the like rectus abdominis and the obliques and but starting with that deep um transverse abdominis and not doing any other core work besides that for i would say like the first I just did that for my core up until like the first 10 or 12 weeks. I just barely at like five months started doing a plank because I felt my core was back to a strong enough place. I was doing side planks before that, but when you do a front plank too early on, um, it's putting a lot of pressure onto that front abdominal wall that hasn't totally healed yet. So um, it's just making your any separation of the abs it's making it it's postponing the recovery putting pressure on that so with sit-ups or front planks or um, any sort of like bicycle type crunches um, that type of thing um, that's gonna put 
pressure on that front abdominal wall and you want that to heal and come together before you do that. So I would say start with breath work and um, just getting some hip strength back. So like glute bridges, um, some like pelvic tilts on the floor, um, just some basic like body weight squats, not full depth, but just like a quarter of your normal squat or like a half of your normal squat. Um, and those are the things I started off with. Um, I would be careful with like single leg unilateral stuff that can, cause your muscles and ligaments are still healing. And that's part of the reason why um, your abs are still kind of separated and like kind of, I don't know, mine are still kind of protruding out like my whole abdominal area. Um, and that doesn't fully heal until you've weaned breastfeeding because those hormones are still going around in your body that are that relax your muscles and tendons. So really, I didn't know that. Yeah, and my pelvic floor therapist told me to give my body at least six months after I start after I wean breastfeeding for my hormones to get back to normal. So hmm. that could. So yeah, so so and like <laughs> yeah, I'm like okay. So like some moms, I mean, I think like if you can get to a year, like that's kind of been my, you know, if I could do yeah. that, that'd be great. So that's like a year and six months out. Yeah. I mean, not saying that you have to like totally avoid. Um, like I've I started adding in weights, um, like around the four month mark. Not like super heavy, but. Um, like weighted squats, lunges, um, and like upper body stuff. But, um, but you're saying six months after for like the hormones to get regulated yeah, and kind so of like, like, okay. like if you have a separation of the abs, which I think you want to talk about this too. Yeah. Talk to us about, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is what it's called diastasis recti, but if you can talk to us about that and what that really means, like, how does that happen? And then I guess what are, yeah, the precautions and what do you do about it? Yeah. So, um, it's diastasis recti is basically just the separation of the abdominal, the, the rectus abdominis, which is like your six pack muscles, just those muscle bellies that are the two sides, like the, the packs, <laughs> the six right. packs, um, that the, um, tendon between there is the, or the tissue is the linea alba. Um, and that stretches out during pregnancy and it's to allow for the growing child inside of your, your belly. So it's totally normal. And it actually, in the third trimester, all pregnant women have some separation. Um, the difference is how it, how quickly it goes back together. Um, and a lot of that can be, um, genetics, how like, how stretchy your tissue or how um I'm trying to think of the word like how how well your tissue comes back together um and like also, elastic yeah yeah some people just have more stretch there and um and then the other factor is like during your pregnancy um if you're doing a lot of um if you've noticed a lot of like doming or coning of your abdominal wall um those are exercises you want to avoid because um, that can kind of prolong your 
recovery. It just adds to the stretch of it and the pressure on it. So trying to avoid those types of exercises during pregnancy can help with your recovery afterwards. Um, and then healing afterwards. Um, so there's kind of no way of avoiding it. It's going to happen. It's your it's your body's, if you think about it, it's pretty amazing that we have that tissue there that stretches and allows for our belly to grow. Um, so I think there's a lot of fear around it, but it's a totally normal thing. Um, um, and then healing from it is just giving your body time to um, strengthen those deep, deep muscles. So with the breathing, um, I have some videos on my Instagram that kind of go into this. Um, but working on um, breath work and um, I like to do it lying down on your front. So if you can imagine this, um, lying down on your front and then exhaling and think of lifting your belly button off the mat. Um, so working on it that way um, or lying on your side and doing the same thing. Um, kind of working that breath from all different angles. Um, and then you'll feel like you'll feel that strength come back. And I think it's the timeline is a little bit different for everyone, but I would just avoid jumping into um, any like crunches or front planks or like a like TRX type ab work that's more intense um, until you're at a place where you can hold that transverse abdominus in while you're doing that movement. So like I've been practicing doing a slow rolling sit up just this last month I've started doing this and it's extremely hard, <laughs> but um, just you, so exhaling and tightening up, you'll feel your, your belly button drawing in and kind of your core tighten. I'm doing hand motions like people can see So holding that contraction while you do that sit up, um, that's kind of where you know those deep muscles are in a place where they can handle the load of something more intense. Because um, if you are trying to do that and you do the sit-up and you start to notice it um, poke out or start doming, then you know your core is not quite out of place where um, it can handle heavier core exercises. Um, and what's the test? I remember when we were walking, I was kind of asking you, like, if you're, you know, tightening your core and feeling in between your muscles, isn't there some type of uh, rule or not rule guideline if you can put one finger between your abs or if it's two or like, what is the, what is that? Yeah. Yep. So that's um, kind of testing for diastasis recti. So if you lie on your back, knees bent, um, and you just lift your head up and you feel right above your belly button and then um, three fingers above your belly button and then three fingers below your belly button. So you fill those three points. And I have a video that demonstrates this. Maybe we can link yeah, it. Yeah, we can definitely link to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but feel, so a two finger gap is normal. But if it's more than that. Um, and you're talking about two easy. fingers like horizontally. Yes. Okay. If you can see my fingers. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're that's a peace sign yep. put together. <laughs> Um, so yeah, two fingers is normal. If it's wider than that, then that's considered, um, diastasis. So that's going to be, um, you're going to want to keep doing that work to tighten the deep intrinsic muscles. Um, 
and then kind of work your way out like I talked about. Um, but you also, it's not just about the space between, it's also about the, the tension of the, the tissues around there. So if it feels super squishy, that means that um, it's still pretty weak, but if it feels like there's like a top trampoline and there's like some springiness to it, um, then that's a good sign. That means that your, um, your, your body is able to transfer load from one side of your core to the other side. And that's kind of what our, those muscles are made to do. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's, that's the test. You can kind of do it on yourself at home and see where you're at. Um, so, um, okay. I'm like yeah. doing it right now. So <laughs> I'm so, yeah. like replaying all these things. Down, like... You can kind of do it as well. Yeah. But. So I started doing um, more of an, an intense, I guess not intense, but like I really started out just, and during my pregnancy, I did the same thing. Like, I guess this is like, okay, I'm going to start over. I'm like gathering my thoughts in my head. Okay. What are your thoughts on, I guess, in maybe the, the downside of working out too much, even during pregnancy? Like I was really worried um, just cause I'm more of like a air on the side of caution, always kind of person, <laughs> but like, I really limited my exercise knowing that my body is really sensitive to stress and cortisol and over exercising. So during my pregnancy, I really just did a lot of like walking uphill. I would do really light weights. I did a lot of yoga and did a ton of modifications. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a few spin classes here and there, but like, I mean, I was literally in the very back doing my own thing completely. Like I couldn't keep up with anybody, nor did I want to. I just wanted to like be a part of the music. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. feel like I was like doing it, but I just started doing orange theory, which I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm a huge fan aside from, I think people do have to be careful of the rower, which maybe is the kind of caveat because I think with bad form that can really pose a lot of problems. So they have a rowing machine and for people who are not familiar, Orange Theory does a treadmill station, a weight station, and then a rowing machine. And I like it just because it's more, it's full body, but you can push yourself as much as you want. You can take it easy. I feel like that's the only thing I really have to do. Like, so for me right now, that's the only thing I'm doing aside from walking. And I feel like I get a good amount of cardio, but it, it limits me to where I'm never running probably more than like 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's more like interval training kind of style, but there are always a handful of very pregnant women in there doing things that for me, I would just be like, why, why is that necessary? And I know it's hard to say because I can't, like their whole mental mentality of, you know, exercise. And maybe there is like a addiction type of thing or like, it's just, is there danger to doing these types of exercise, like physically from a physical standpoint on your body while you're pregnant, knowing all the muscles are just so different there. Mm -hmm, totally. Um, I think that with pregnancy, you, especially if you're used to working out hard and you're an athlete and that's just, how you operate it's so hard to scale back because you do feel like if you have a pretty easy pregnancy it's like you do feel good you don't feel that much different at least first and second um trimesters and it's it I learned to ask myself is it like risk versus reward what is why would I what's the purpose of me doing this certain exercise and what's the reward? Is it worth the possible risk? Um, and then just because you can, 
does it mean you should? <laughs> so like, just because you do feel like you could run during pregnancy, like, is it the best thing? Um, I would argue that it's unnecessary pressure on your pelvic floor to an already added load. Um, high impact stuff like running, um, box jumps, um, other impact exercises. Um, your all your body already has a load from the growing belly. Um, I I don't know. I'm kind of in the camp that I don't think it's completely necessary to put your body through that extra impact. And I've listened to podcasts with pelvic floor therapists and read articles and stuff that um, the the rehab for your pelvic floor postpartum can be worse off if it's gone through that extra trauma throughout your pregnancy. So I, I don't know, with all of that in mind, I would say lower impact and um, like you don't have to prove anything while you're pregnant. I mean, you're already doing so much. I think yeah. it's hard like in the culture we live in, like people post videos like they're this tough pregnant woman and it's like they get off it's it's getting a lot of attention of like wow you're doing that like wad with double unders you're 39 weeks pregnant like that's so cool but it's like so it kind of gets this hype I feel like in our like social media culture <laughs> yeah it's like being but, glorified that yes. you're like superwoman yeah, but like you're already superwoman for growing a baby. So yeah. I think it's an unnecessary added stress. But with that being said, I think it's totally healthy to exercise through your pregnancy. I think it's just being smart about it and choosing weighing out that um just because I can doesn't mean I should. Right. Um, this first first reward. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm totally in the same camp. It's like <laughs> Yeah, you could push yourself, but like you're gonna be really tired for like the next probably <laughs> you know, the rest of your life. No. Um, so like take it easy and you don't need to burn extra calories and for what? I mean, we shouldn't be afraid of gaining weight during pregnancy because your body needs that. The baby needs that. So just, you know, let your body chill. <laughs> um and then my second question, we'll kind of wrap this up here pretty soon, but I'm just so interested in all of like the, the physicalities and I don't even know, I guess, would you categorize it into like the kinesiology, I guess, of this kind of stuff. But like, um, so if you're jumping into like, I just kind of started, I, yeah, I waited till about eight weeks or so, um, maybe even 10 weeks to start doing any type of real kind of more exercise. And then about a month ago, so I was about four months postpartum or so, started getting into Orange Theory. And the first few classes I took, I was just like, I let the trainers know too, that I was like, hey, you know, just jumping back into exercise, just had a baby, like I'm going to be modifying a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And I, they had like an ab part where I literally was like, I knew I kind of wanted to just like see what would happen, but mm -hmm. I could not sit up. Like it was just like, so I knew that like, there's no reason that why I should be doing this. And I had watched your videos on Instagram and kind of, we had talked. And so I was like, well aware that like, Hey, this doesn't feel right for me. And yeah. it probably took me, I don't know, maybe about like four or five classes to even kind of start to think about, okay, I could do some of the ab stuff, but really took it easy. And mm -hmm. now I've been doing it for about a month. And I do really feel like it's like 
night and day. Like I can do a sit up, I can do all these things and I don't feel impaired at all. Like I feel like my abs are back. They don't necessarily look the same, but they feel the same, (laughs) you know, so to speak. They're definitely squishier, but I'm okay with that. But if I am feeling like, okay, things feel okay. I only have like about a finger separation between my abs still. And is that like safe to just be like, okay, I can kind of like do the sit-ups and the crunches and do everything with everybody else. Or should I still be like taking it more easy? I feel like, um, it's awesome that you are that mindful of it and that you took time to um, kind of let yourself get back to it until you felt that strength. Um, Cause I think a lot of times women jump into it way too quick and it's kind of this pressure of getting your body back by like four months. And it's like, that's just like when you should kind of start feeling like a human again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like I would, I would just be mindful of that. Um, they, they being mindful of if they start to weaken like fatigue quick, quicker. Um, so, um, they may like, they're getting back that strength and you have one finger gap and you, um, I would just be more cautious now of that, like breathing technique of drawing in everything and then holding that, um, contracted position. Um, because, the first thing to go and they start to get fatigued would be that form of those deep core muscles. So I would just at this stage, just be cautious of that. Um, and it might take reducing the speed. Like if everyone's doing sit-ups at a certain pace, you may do like every other push up and really focus on your breath in between each one. Um, so I think it just keep, um, takes more, um, just a little bit more um, focus on what you're doing rather than maybe you used to just be able to contract your abs no problem. It's just being more mindful of, okay, they might fatigue a little bit quicker and being mindful of your form and um, maybe, yeah, going a slower pace. But if you feel like they're able to hold that contraction and that um, you feel that, that strength, then yeah, I don't think there's a problem at this stage. Okay. Well, I definitely do want to see a pelvic floor specialist. It's been on my list to do during pregnancy. It's been on my list to do post-pregnancy. And I just, I haven't, I haven't done that. I've continued with chiropractor and acupuncture, but it's one of those things because I haven't done it. I feel like it seems like, I don't know, just, it's like, just do it, just do it. I feel like it's (laughs) <laughs> okay. So it's not too late, even if you're five months out, six months oh, out or yeah. any, it's helpful. Yeah. I mean, I've, um, I talked to a girl on through Instagram that she was like two years postpartum and she went and she was able to get some advice still and help with some issues she was having. So awesome. Never too late. Okay. Done doing it. <laughs> um, okay, last question before we kind of part ways here. Um, how have you navigated? This is a fun topic for me to talk to other new moms about, just knowing that your whole entire life is different. And when you work for yourself, and even when you work, you know, for um, the uh, what do you call it? Like, not fit, the camp, you called it a camp, or like the place where you work. What is it called? 
Oh, yes. Um, Premier Fitness Camp. Premier Fitness Camp. Okay. Yeah. So working for even somebody else in a business, it's still totally different. Like what does your life look like now still being a trainer? Are you seeing, I know you do some group classes and I've seen some stuff, which I keep trying to get to, like you've been doing more mom focused things and bring your baby exercises, but what does your life look like and how have you navigated all of this with being a new mom? <laughs> One day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> One hour yeah. at a time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I have kind of turned to you for advice for that. I was, you asked that on Instagram. I was like, how are they doing this? Because it is so hard to like find, like, oh, you think you can get stuff done in a nap, but then the nap is 10 minutes and you're like, well, there goes my whole to-do list. <laughs> so first off, I've learned to simplify, like, maybe put one thing on my list each day and like if I get that done I'm like sweet success and then if I can handle something else I'll I'll I have like a backup list that I'll, I'll do if I have extra time um and I don't have the luxury of family close by for babysitters I wish my mom would close but that's been a struggle but I work two days a week at the fitness camp which has been a perfect amount for me I work six to twelve Wednesday, Friday, and I, my husband watches him half of the time, and then um, a neighbor watches him the other half, and it's been perfect, like, he's, I'm just gone for, like, two bottle feedings, and one nap, and I feel like that's good for me to handle right now, um, and then I've just been, I'm creating a pre- and postnatal online coaching guide, and then I'm trying to write, um, a little ebook guide thing for um, HA recovery. Um, so in those little windows of time that I have, I work on that stuff, but it definitely like in the past I could whip out a program in like a month or two. And now it's like six months later, I'm like still, still trying to fit in time to finish it all. But um, I've tried to really, give myself grace in that department because naturally I'm like type a like get this done I want to check off my to-do list but I've had to take a step back and just what's more important um right now for me it's taking care of the baby and the other stuff I'll be able to do more of in a different season of life but so yeah I've tried to to minimize my list I'm creating those programs and then I've been doing once a week a group in the park here and I may add it more to that because um, I really enjoy that it's a lot of fun working with other moms so and I found that I really enjoy in-person training and being able to connect with the people I love doing online programs but I think my heart is really at like being face-to-face -face with my clients and being able to work with them that way so but it's just hard with limited time so the group thing is is nice because you can kind of pack in more people in a short amount of time so um yeah that's yeah. okay that's well good we're on. we're like right on page with each other then there too like not surprised because we're twins but yeah two days a week is what I'm doing and yeah. everything else when I can fit it in and yeah <laughs> I did actually realize this morning, maybe it was a weekend. I had like this aha moment. I was like, I have two things that I'm working on too, program wise, which is more kind of like non-toxic, like registry kind of stuff. And even, um, some programs that I'm working with people on getting off the pill and getting your cycle back or whatever. But it's like, I feel like I need to like, I need to find someone I'm going to outsource 
putting guides together. <laughs> like if it's yeah. someone who does <laughs> graphic design, marketing, um, if you're that person, please reach out to me. But yeah, I'm like, maybe it's worth it to pay someone to put these two guides together because gosh, I think just having it on my to-do list for so long, like that sometimes stresses me out because it takes, you know, like you said, it takes much longer these days. Than uh, it used to. So precious when you have <laughs> It sure does. Well, thank you so much for answering all of my questions and sharing your journey. I feel like this, your story is going to resonate with so many people because like you said, the more we start talking about it, the more people are like, wow, that's me. Or wow, I've been through the same thing, or I'm about to go through the same thing, or I'm in it right now and you're helpful. I mean, to hear success stories and even though it doesn't happen overnight, you know, for my journey, it was like two and a half years and for yours, you know, the same you know, it takes time to really do the work and understand and research and stuff. So I really feel like it's inspiring to hear the outcome and so glad that, I mean, it really is the best outcome, right? It's we have two little healthy baby boys. So it's always awesome to hear about, about stories like yours. So thank you so much. Um, and you guys follow, um, Brittany on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is get fit with Brit M and I will link to all of her stuff. Um, videos, Instagram, um, what blog you have some great blog posts out, um, as well. So I'll link all of that in the show notes. If you'd like to hear more from me, follow me at barefoot nutrition and my, um, website barefootnutrition.com if you'd like to hear more from chelsea she'll be back asap soon she's got some fun interviews coming up as well and then we'll be back together answering more of your questions so please submit questions it can literally be about anything we love hearing from you um, but follow chelsea at nutrition with chelsea and you can go to her website nutritionwithchelsea.com so we will see you guys next week thank you so much bye